Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back to another Pure Victory Podcast episode. Matt here sitting with Braden and a special guest, Bonnie Reagan. And today we're going to talk about betrayal trauma and specifically what that is, is is uh, addressing women and, you know, at, at different events that we've done that's been a uh, focus on people um, who are struggling with pornography addiction. And there's women that struggle with porn and there's men that struggle with porn. But a lot of times the wives or the spouses are going, okay, my, my spouse is getting help, but what about me? I'm affected too. And with pornography, it's easy to think that when one person in a marriage struggles with it, that it's that person's struggle. It's that person's um, problem. But the reality is in marriage, if one person struggles with something, it's an issue in the marriage and both spouses are affected. And so a lot of times the conversations revolved around getting free from porn, but we have to also give support for the spouse. And so we're so happy to have Bonnie Reagan here with us today. She's a partner with Restored Ministries. We continually recommend women go to uh, go to her for, for counsel, for help, for her programs that she puts on has been really, really good and impactful for women um, even when we've worked with husbands and she works with the wives, it's been a really cool uh, partnership. And so her and her husband, Brian, have been married for 41 years. They're parents, they're grandparents. She's a former school teacher. And now they have their business, Ultimate You Discovery. And they help couples to strengthen and rebuild their relationships. And Bonnie specifically helps women with betrayal trauma. And so, Bonnie, thanks for being here. And maybe you could just introduce yourself by sharing a bit about your story and where you came from and why this is an area of passion for you. Well, thank you, Matt. So 40 years ago, I met my husband. He's a wonderful man. I dearly love him. And he's he's just a a really, really super guy. Like many couples, when you first meet you, you're driven by the emotion, but you don't really 
um, take time to get to know one another. And you definitely don't know one another's histories in depth. And so we got married 40 years ago. At that time, I was pregnant. So we had gone down a road that was already heading for not a great marriage (laughs) because we we started out with, with a child. We also had other issues. And uh, at the time, it was kind of unbeknownst to me, but God has always spoken to me through dreams. So uh, we weren't even married, um, but I was expecting. And Brian was working up north, so we weren't together. We were writing love letters. We were doing the classic, I I miss you so much. I'm so in love with you. And uh, I had a dream one night, and I dreamt that he had been unfaithful to me. It wasn't like that was anything that I was really terribly concerned about because that was not my family background. I came from a family where relationships were intact. I didn't have a lot of fear that that shouldn't be my story as well. Mm -hmm. I had this dream, and I woke up crying because I dreamt that Brian had been unfaithful to me. And probably I was sensitive because I'd already been intimate with him. When he came back from from working up north, I had questioned him and he assured me that that was not the case. So we got married. About a year into our marriage, Brian had a a spiritual transformation and uh, he became a, a believer. He committed his life to the Lord. And for whatever reason, God prompted him to share the truth. (laughs) Mm. So we married about a year uh, at the time when he shared that actually he had had a one night stand, which confirmed my dream. I mean, it was a great shock. I went through the classic grieving back then of going into shock first, like, is this really my story? Did I marry somebody that was capable of being unfaithful, the why questions, like why why would he have done this when we were so in love, the questioning of what's wrong with me, um, that I wasn't enough to keep him from that, uh, to keep his attention or whatever, his faithfulness. Um, yeah, we started our marriage with, with broken trust. And there was nowhere to go, nobody to share with. And, and I just didn't know what to do with it. When, when trust is broken and, and betrayal happens, as a woman, you bear the shame as well, that you can't share this with anybody because it somehow means there's something wrong with you. I um, had no one to talk to and didn't really want to share it with anybody. And I, I uh, carried that for about 20 years before I actually had the courage to share it with somebody in our next episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard way to start a marriage. I'm sorry that you went through that. And it's it's hard for you. It's hard for Brian, too, I'm sure. And and so 20 years goes by, and this has been something that you've been carrying and just part of your marriage, I guess. And I don't know how, how often it came up. But after 20 years, what then happened? And was pornography part of your marriage as well? Yeah. So at the, at the time when, when we were uh, first married, uh, and even though we had had infidelity, I knew nothing about pornography and, and never thought Brian would go there. Um, he never indicated that he was interested in in that sort of thing or had an issue with it. Um, Brian has always been a very respectful person, very kind, didn't talk poorly about women, as I had noted, maybe some other men had issues with. I didn't I didn't think that was an issue. So you fast forward 20 years, we had uh, went through a very hard time in our marriage, I was distancing myself from him just because of the the issue that we were struggling through in our marriage, and it, it didn't have anything to do with porn. 
it was during that time that, again, I had another dream. And I was woken up and uh, the Lord instructed me to go look in his pocket. Um, sometimes I, I hesitate sharing this because I feel like I sound like this suspicious woman, but I really wasn't a suspicious woman. God told me to get up and, and mm. go look in his his pocket. And in the past, I would have maybe gone into his pockets looking for gum. I did, mm. but I didn't go <laughs> for something that would shock me, right? Right, right. So this particular night I woke up and of course we were going through a lot of strain and a lot of separation in our marriage. And so I was not in a healthy place. I just heard God say, go look in his pocket. I uh, went and looked in his pocket and pulled out this slip of paper that was a receipt from one of the porn shops. Again, you know, I experienced trauma because it was like, what happens when you experience um, betrayal trauma is, is you go into shock. And you just can't believe this is real. You almost feel like, for me, the floor was falling out from beneath my feet. And it might look a little bit differently for um, different people. But basically, you feel like your reality is is being pulled out from underneath you. I had to grapple with that and, and come to terms with this. This is real. This is it's a piece of paper in my hand. It was at that point, you know, I went to Brian. I woke him up and I was angry. I was upset. I was very emotional. Um, and, and it's very common for men to deny it, even though you might have the evidence right there in your hand. They first mm-hmm. deny it, and Brian did. You know, then, then they come through and get grounded as well, and they realize that they can't deny it. You have the evidence. That was, I'd say, about 2000. There was still not a lot of help for that sort of thing. Just, I mean, you could go to a counselor. Um, which we had tried not about the betrayal, but just about our struggles. We had gone to a counselor. It didn't provide a lot of relief in our situation because counseling only works if you're willing to apply, right? <laughs> so I didn't know where to go. And I thought, you know, I, I, I can't keep holding this. And I alluded it at that time. It was because of me, because I was pulling away. We weren't being intimate. And uh, so I blamed myself for putting him in that situation. And um, because I have a very strong commitment to family, and so does Brian, I just thought, you know, I have to pull, we have to pull up our socks and we have to keep this marriage together for our children's sake. So we did. And we worked hard. Brian worked hard. Like, I have to really um, commend him because, you know, I said, you know, like, you're the one that needs to come to me. And I picked up a book. Books have been my 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 uh, source of help. I did try to go to one couple in our church that I thought maybe I could share with, but to no avail. Um, I mean, Brian is just such a wonderful guy. You know, I almost felt guilty sharing that he had had this this side of himself, and uh, the couple just basically brushed it off. Like he's wonderful. Like what's your right. Right, right. Mm. Uh, but we did have a friend. He had been unfaithful to his wife and, and had publicly shared it. And so I knew that would be maybe a safe spot for Brian and I to go to them. And we did. And uh, But they didn't have any training, any expertise. So they basically just heard our story, um, you know, identified with our pain and encouraged us to, to press into the Lord together. They prayed with us, encouraged us. And that was it. Uh, they never followed through. And uh, we were on our own. You mentioned a little bit about betrayal. And one of the things that 
we we do see with a marriage that has porn in it is is this betrayal that that the wife the wife or the the husband is dealing with typically the wife though or, or that's the angle we're coming at today. Can you tell me a little bit about what betrayal trauma is and what does that do for a woman? Yeah, so the uh, professional community refers to betrayal trauma as a PTSD, so post traumatic stress disorder, and it's it's very similar to any other trauma that happens to people. Where if we don't deal with that trauma, we carry the effects of it for for a lifetime if it's not dealt with. And so there's things like triggers, things that trigger us, um, broken trust, of course, in, in the case of betrayal, a lot of grieving, a lot of questioning, that's never answered until you, you get to the point where you start to look for answers and get help. Uh, now that I've gone through through the journey and, and come through, um, a lot of times we think it's something that we can do ourselves. And, and it's not something we enjoy sharing. So we feel like we have to hide it. We have to do it on our own. But that's actually, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a myth. Because the best thing you can do is get out there and get help and share it with people who can identify with your your story. What was the process for you guys moving forward then when finally Brian was stopped denying, he admitted it? You had that shock. Maybe the shock wore off. Maybe it didn't wear off. But what was the process in the coming years to lead towards healing for you guys? Yeah. So at that time, again, we didn't feel like we had anybody to turn to. Um, well, Brian for sure didn't want to turn to anybody. He, he was really bearing a lot of shame because of that. And so it really inhibited me from from even looking for help. But even if 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 I knew where to go and there was nowhere to go, I, I had my own shame because again, um, as the um, betrayed person, you bear, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And, Very common, hey? Yeah. And that, you know, if you were maybe a better person, if you were a nicer person, a better wife, if you were this or that, people would think that you almost deserved it in your mind. You thought that, or I did. Mm. Right, right. You deserve the betrayal. You weren't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But we went, we went through um, uh, Rainey's book, Dennis and his wife's book for marriages. It wasn't even like there weren't even a lot of books on betrayal or porn issues or anything like that. But I picked up a marriage book and we went through that every night. Brian would come to me and he was faithful in doing that. And we would go through a chapter and we sometimes would talk to three, four, five o'clock in the mornings. And he was willing to do that as we worked through a lot of pain. And and, and we really pressed into the Lord, um, repented. And and I thought we had really, that this would be it, that that was the last time he was very remorseful, trying really hard. And, and I thought that was it. But that was my first realization that he had a problem with with pornography but uh, I thought repentance would be enough (laughs) finish it right there's different reasons why men go to to pornography why that's their go-to place and and you deal with that as you work with men but for Brian it was um, we've seen a pattern when he's in a hard place when he's going through a lot of stress and a lot of struggle he's he's more vulnerable fast forward to about 2013-14 we were going through another stressful period and I started noticing some changes in him, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I just alluded it to how much he was working, like he was working seven days a week almost. I mean, we were on an acreage and he was working long hours in his business and then he'd come home and he'd work some more. And so I really started thinking, you know, we've got to change our lifestyle. It's the lifestyle that's the problem. And, and I'm sure that did contribute to it again never even crossed my mind that I should question 
although I knew something was wrong. So fast forward, we uh, we um, decided at one point, it was 2015, we were going to go to Kenya. My, my brother had started a forgotten people ministry in Kenya. But I knew something was was wrong. Like Brian just was was distant. It was on the last day of our trip. We were there for two weeks and we were in a little godforsaken Kenyan hotel room. And Brian went out to pay our bill uh, for the night. And uh, we were heading to, to the airport the next day to go home. He, I could hear him uh, on his way back from paying for our night uh, chit-chatting in the hallway. And he's a very gregarious person. Uh, he was talking to other people in our group and and I knew it was going to be a while because that's sort of Brian, like he likes to chit chat. And so I thought, what am I going to do in this room? I'm, I, I, I don't want to go to sleep because it's it's a yucky place. <laughs> I that's right. So my eye fell on his phone. He had left his phone in the room. And again, I never thought of checking things on his phone. But in this moment, I got a, a thought Oh, I should maybe just, you know, pick up his phone and start playing because I didn't have mine. I didn't take it with me to Kenya. And I started to play on the phone. And then I had a thought, well, maybe I should go to his messages and see, like, you know, like me. And I think I was maybe questioning because I could sense there was some distance between us and I couldn't right. understand it. So I started to check who he was actually talking with. And I found some conversations that I thought, this isn't my husband. This isn't how he talks. Like things that he was saying, I thought, this isn't how you talk. And why are you talking this way? And they were with people that he was working with in his in his industry. And I thought, yes, you never talk like this. Like what's really going on? So when he came back to the room, I, I of course, was emotional again. And I asked him about it. And uh, he just was not happy that I had been on his phone checking things out. And he tried to brush it over. But that didn't satisfy me. I knew something just was not right. And by the time we got home, um, of course, we had jet lag and Brian went promptly to sleep and I couldn't sleep. And I thought, what is really going on? Like, what's happening with my husband? And so I picked up his phone again and started really scrutinizing it and found porn that he had viewed. And uh, again, the floor fell out from underneath my feet and, and I went through the the initial shock of, of saying like, this can't be true. Like this, this isn't, isn't my husband. Like he had grown so much in the Lord. We were so strong as a couple. And I thought, well, how can this be true? So that's sort of the first step that, that, that I think women go through is they go into like an absolute shock because it's not something that is really apparent on the surface, especially for many men. I mean, there, there are men that maybe wear it on their sleeve more, um, who are degrading to women who flaunt that kind of thing in front of their wives. But most men, it's done in secret and it, it's not obvious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an absolute shock. For, for many wives and women, they've experienced what you're talking about, where they relive it, right? Like uh, if a couple's dealing with maybe infidelity or pornography, it's not a one-time event usually, right? It's, it's an ongoing thing. And, and a lot of wives feel like they have to carry this burden in their marriage and often we applaud the the man or the husband when they they come out and disclose some of these things but the wife the wives are, are saying well what about me right <laughs> like i'm dealing with this i'm still living it i'm the collateral damage in this so to speak right what about me and so what what was the process that you had to kind of go through moving out of these these things that you discovered like even you know finding that there was there was still porn in your marriage 
Um, how did you have to walk through this, you know, in regards to say forgiveness and, and on all these different things? What, what were the steps that you took? It, it's um, interesting that you, you brought that out, uh, Braden, because that was exactly uh, my process in, in, in that 30, third big event that we had um, was um, because this time I, I vowed not to be silent and I, I thought, okay, I've tried that. It hasn't worked. He needs help. Mm. And we need help. <laughs> and and so um, I, I vowed that I wasn't going to carry it in silence anymore. And um, as I went uh, to, to, to different people and I said, you know, I'm, this is not a secret I'm going to keep anymore, Brian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with people that I feel can really help us. And by this time, I think society had evolved enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fred Stoker had written his book, uh, Every Man's Battle and, and things like that. So it was more talked about, more acceptable to talk about it. I remember my brother saying, don't disgrace your husband. In, in other words, don't don't share it. And I remember taking that and thinking, what do I do? Because what about me? Mm -hmm. I can't I can't keep I, I don't want to see our, our marriage end, but I, yeah. can't, I can't keep going through this kind of trauma. Uh, because all of the people that I was sharing with were going to his aid, so to speak, like they were saying, okay, you know, support him, be there for him and, and all this stuff. But there was nobody saying, you know, how are you doing? And do you have help? And, uh, and I think, you know, it's understandable because unless you've gone through it yourself, you don't understand what another person is going through. My pastor just put a post up on social media recently that I just loved. And he said, when, when Jesus puts his finger on a on a wound in your life it's not to expose you it's to heal you i'm hearing that that was your intent with your marriage and your husband too because you said i can't keep silent anymore brian needs help you didn't say i'm going to go talk to people to expose him and to tell people how dirty he is you said he needs help with that being the intent i mean i think that that's god's intent for us too that he wants these things to be exposed in a healthy manner not to you know shame us but so that we can live healthy and we can get these things out of our life. And so I love that you did say that, that, you know, I've been silent. I haven't exposed this. I haven't gotten help and, and that hasn't worked. God puts his finger on things in our lives that he doesn't want to do it to expose us, but to heal us. And that was the same with you. And that's the same with really every wife in the process that you need to go through, because what you're saying is your husband needed help, but you needed help too. And so I'm sorry that you had that comment that, you know, don't disgrace your husband. I know that you're far from the only woman who's thought that or had that told to them. Um, but the reality is this has to get out and people have to get help and people have to be willing to help other people. And so with your view of Brian, then what were some thoughts that you had towards Brian? Like, were you were you angry? Were you sad? Um, what was the process there of coming to a point where you just realized, like, OK, he's not like this dirty pervert. He's just a man who's hurting, who needs help. Um, and I'm his wife and here to be alongside him, not, you know, push him away and get angry. So what was the process of you coming to that point of having this healthy view of your husband? Because it probably wasn't there initially, like, it, you know, it isn't for so many. And that's, a, I think, a totally normal thing. Yeah. And, and I love the word process because that's definitely what it is. I yeah. like to say I initially went immediately to, I, I want to help you. That was not my first reaction. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was anger and like, how could you do this? How could you destroy our marriage? And, and I not only saw it as, as a, a, an attack on me, but our whole family. 
um, because Brian was my children's heroes and my daughter's hero and my grandchildren's hero. And here was a side of them that I didn't want them to have to see, but yet I couldn't keep it silent. I, I knew that was not working. And so it was a process for me to work through a lot of my emotions. Initially, I thought he was a pervert. Initially, I thought he was this horrible guy, that he was a Jekyll and Hyde, um, that he was, you know, I, I, I went through all the yucky stuff myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the saving grace for me is, you know, um, when I left teaching, I became a life coach. And so I was already working with people, helping them through their own struggles. And I knew that I had to come to terms with my yuck. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I had no right to help, you know, trying to help somebody else if I was stuck. And so, you know, it was a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You have a lot of emotions to work through. You know, I had to work through through my anger, my pain, my disappointment, my my questions of why, what, what, what would make you do this? I mean, Brian and I have always had a very um, intimate sexual relationship. We've always had a very good one. Uh, it wasn't out of dissatisfaction that he went there, and I knew that. Um, so it was hard for me to understand the why. And I think that's where a lot of women get stuck is, is, is they don't understand the why, you know, to be honest, I don't know if we will ever totally understand the why, because we're women and, 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 you know, men and women are so different, but also, you know, there's, there's so many components involved in the why, and they're not the same for everybody. But I have certainly come to more understanding as we've gone through our journey. I have um, the eight stages of of, um, betrayal trauma. You first go through uh, extreme shock and then you go through denial like this can't be happening. It can't be true. And for some people, you know, those happen very quickly. And for others, you know, maybe they're a slower process. For me, it was very quick. For me, I went into anger right away. after that, you start to bargain. My bargaining was we had so many things going for us in our marriage. I didn't want to see it end because Brian was ready to end it. He never thought he could ever regain my trust again and that we could ever rebuild our marriage again. And so he was he was checking out. And, uh, I, and I remember at one point saying to him, Brian, we have so much going for us in our marriage. I'm not willing to let it go. And I think because I was able to say that, he was able to do a turnaround too. And, and that's something that I encourage um, couples to do as we work with them is what do you have in your marriage that's worth keeping? Because it's not all bad, right? Yeah. And, and if you walk away, you know, what do you lose? Yeah. And, and, and I think the thing uh, for me, like I, I'm so foreseeing marriages survive and thrive because I've, witnessed in our own uh, family, the devastation that divorce has on children. You know, it's not that they don't survive, they do. And we can pick up and start new, we can, and there's no condemnation on couples that have have gone that journey, but it is a painful, painful journey. And I want that for my, my family. So I had no idea where to go. I went to, you know, by this time, the internet is, is readily accessible. So I'm Googling like help. And it, there were there were some sources online, but I didn't know anybody. I didn't know where to go. And because I'm a reader, I picked up books. I had a stack of books a mile high, and um, 
And because Brian was willing, we started to read and we had a go-to place. We, we had a room that's our parlor. That was our go-to place where we would go every day with our books. <laughs> and and uh, we would read out loud to one another. We'd take turns reading. And, and it seemed like that for us was a help. That, that was like going through what we now do in person with couples. That was our mediator, our books. Because it seemed like if we had uh, a book to mediate, at least we could talk through things. Yeah, and I think that it probably had a twofold benefit to you guys. Because like you said, if you did the help stuff, if you went through the books on your own, you might spiral. But if you also, if you were together, but you weren't ever addressing something, that wouldn't necessarily be helpful either. So the fact that you were doing it together, that would have been nice just for your building intimacy. But also then you were doing something productive and you were getting healthy together. So I think that, that that's a really cool thing. I, I love that you said that. Yeah, initially I had asked Brian to go get help, which he did. And again, where do you go? Couldn't find anything specifically for pornography in Edmonton. But we found um, a recovery program at a church and he traveled into the to the city once a week for that. And I joined a women's group there too, because there was a group for the white. Mm. But... <laughs> Again, it was it was amazing because um, most of the men that were there, well, all the other men that were there were there supposedly because of um, addictions with drugs or alcohol or things like that. Um, and Brian said, I'm here because I've been involved in pornography. It's funny because once he came out in the open about it, it freed all the other men to say, hey, I struggle with that too. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, they weren't even addressing pornography as an addiction. <laughs> right? And of course, in my group, I, you know, we had to go around the table and say why we were there. And I was the only one that said, I'm here because my husband has been involved in pornography and I, I'm struggling. I, I don't know how to get through this. And I actually took my daughter with me. We both went. And we were the only ones. So it was a good group. I mean, we got some things from it, but really felt like it wasn't specifically focused on on trauma. And and the same thing for Brian. It was a good start, but it it, it wasn't enough. So Bonnie, talking about what you guys did as a couple, I really picked up on the fact that you took movements, you moved together towards healing. It wasn't, well, I got to wait until Brian's healed and then I'm okay. It was you understanding that I have pain too. Part of the process that Matt and I always talk about dealing with married people is that it's your issue. It's not one of your issues. It's together you have this in your marriage and you both have pain. You have to move towards together. So just picking up, you you guys started to educate yourselves. Then you took steps. And like myself, I mean, my, my wife and I, we had hit and misses too learning through this. But you guys went through that too. But the key was that you were working together. You're both willing to do this together. And one of the things in family life we always like to say is, my spouse is not my enemy. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the things. You came together on the same side of the table to see this issue sitting in front of you. Instead of facing off against each other, you saw this issue here and you came together and said, okay, let's take steps together to get out of our marriage. And just talk about the process of, of, of the, maybe the, the, the joy of doing that together and then starting to see movement in your marriage towards getting porn out of your marriage, but then to get that healing in a process and journey that you're going on as husband and wife. 
And where are you now? Talk about where yeah, you guys are now. Yeah, where are you now? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love the the uh, the fact that you mentioned that you know you, you're you're a team uh, that that together you're a team, and I uh, we really encourage couples to look at their marriage and their family as a team. You know, we understand team, but we don't understand marriage. <laughs> we don't understand family units in that in that same respect. And yet, it's so true. If you're on a team, a team works together to be strong and to to win the game, right? And so we we started taking, you know, as we started to heal, of course, it, it takes healing to get to that place. And, and uh, Brian was doing things through the resources that we were educating ourselves with um, in being able to meet the needs that I needed to heal, like um, coming, not going into places of denial, because that that's, that's a place that we often go when when we are in shame and that that in itself is so destructive. I know one of the things that the women I work with mention is the guys get so frustrated with them because they might bring up the issue over and over and over again. And and that's frustrating because they think like we've talked about this before. Why do we have to go through this again? And yet it, it's part of the journey. It's part of the process until a woman really comes to the place where it's settled in her spirit you do need to talk through the same thing over and over again sometimes. And it's hard on the man, but I can say that Brian, he rose to that. Um, it wasn't stuff that he wanted to talk through over and over again. He went through hard stuff for me. And I know that. And the other thing that he did was he came to the place where um, through, through education, again, we had some excellent resources that helped him to see he needed to be absolutely a hundred percent um, honest and transparent. And one of the things that he often alludes to is that took humility. He needed to, first of all, um, in order to, to move forward at all, he had to come to the place where he was willing to be humble. And I think that's a huge thing, especially for the male ego, is to come to the place where y- you lay it down and say, I'll do whatever it takes. And I think that part of that too is not is for the wife as well. There's the husband and the wife and there's humility on both parts because it is easy to hang on to the anger and it's easy to hang on to the denial. But Bonnie, uh, you wrote a blog. So you get for your listeners, you can go to restoredministries.ca slash blog and you can see Bonnie's uh, write up on there. And she just says in there that, you know, you can you can stay in anger and you can stay in the hurt for the rest of your life. Or you have a choice to make. And she says it's a choice. And so you can choose to move forward and choose to get healthy. And I love how you're sharing that you just have to choose to be humble. Brian had to choose to be humble in order to move forward. And I'm thinking of scripturally where it just talks so often about dying to ourselves and that when you die to yourself, you'll find life. And when the seed dies, it leads to life, right? And and until we're willing to die to ourselves, uh, we're never going to experience that abundant life that we could experience. But you're a testament that after you know multiple episodes in your marriage, multiple traumatic things with pornography and infidelity um, in your relationship, you're able to come to a point of health. You've moved forward together. Now you're out there. You're impacting other people. You're advancing the kingdom of God, and you're doing a great thing. So um, for you listeners, if you need help as a couple or wives, if you need help, if your husband's seeking help, or if your husband is not seeking help, 
uh, and he's still in denial, but you're just going, where do I go? Um, you you can find Bonnie's link on restoredministries.ca, but you can also go directly to her at ultimateu.ca. That's ultimate you, um, you as in just the letter, it's not the word you, so ultimateu.ca. You can contact Bonnie. She's got groups going on for wives. Um, they start every so often, but you can always contact her anytime and just chat and get personal coaching in that sense too. So thanks for listening, you guys. We hope that this has been a great encouragement for you. Thanks, Bonnie, for coming and sharing your wisdom and uh, and people out there, wives out there. We hope that Bonnie can be a great resource for you. So we'll chat next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.